Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Scoopy radio on the airplane, on the train, in the bathroom. In your room, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Make sure to follow the Scoop B Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. Make sure to also follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram, Scoop underscore B, Snapchat, Scoop underscore B, and we're everywhere. Uh, on the line right now is a guy who's a pretty big deal, none other than lawyer extraordinaire Randall Randy. Randy or Randall, which are we going with? Randy Kessler. Hey, as long as they can find me, you can call me anything you want. But Randy is my, my name for my friends like you. There we go. There we go. And Randy Kessler has represented high-profile cases, anyone from Michael Jordan, NeNe Leakes, Evander Holyfield, Ludacris, Usher, Andre Risen, and he is the author of the book, Divorce, Protect Yourself, Your Kids, and Your Future. You can check it out at DivorceProtect.com. Randy, welcome to Scoop B Radio. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I've been involved in those cases. Those weren't all my clients. Sometimes we, you know, we don't get to pick. Sometimes we're on the other side. Sometimes we're on the side of the famous folks. But uh, either way, it's always uh, interesting when that happens. Yeah, I I, I would imagine. But to have those names uh, that you mentioned, Michael Jordan, uh, Evander Holyfield, even uh, current NBA player Joe Johnson and um, Jerry Stackhouse, now assistant coach uh, in the NBA. Those are, those are pretty big deals to, to to represent those guys. How how difficult is it to represent people of, of or at least be in court in cases such as that? You know, I just look at it that I'm blessed and I'm lucky, and I'm I'm getting to sort of vicariously see what it would be like to be something that I would never in a million years be able to be. So, um, you know, I, I feel I feel flattered when they come to see me, but is it, you know. I deal with difficult areas of the law. Family law is difficult whether you're famous or not, so it doesn't add much more difficulty. You know, we've had cases where the grandparents are fighting with their own children and we're representing the children in their own custody cases, and then there's the allegations of abuse. So, you know, compared to some of the stuff we see, adding that layer doesn't make it difficult, but it does make it distinct and unique from most uh, clients that we represent and most clients that most divorce lawyers represent. You know, it's got all its different nuances different people we have to get through. Players are used, as you know, used to having other people 
you know, be their liaison and, and pass messages along. And, you know, and with what I do, I can't let anything get lost in translation. So the hardest thing is to actually have that one-on-one. And, you know, I was a, I'm a 55-year-old guy now, and I'm not that young, but when I was 30 and 40, I had to learn to text right away because those guys text and they want my opinion and they expect a reaction because you don't say no to those kind of guys. You react and they get people that respond to them. So I learned really quickly being there for them, answering their questions right away, you know, even faster than I hopefully do for my other clients was uh, one of the unique challenges. But, man, I, uh, I've just been lucky to be able to, to, to be able to break bread with some of those, those folks and, and to sit back after we've done a tough case and say, so who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? And you know, <laughs> these guys have interesting thoughts, as you know. Yeah, and and you know it's interesting you you bring this up because uh, Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer uh, and PNP analyst, recently uh, said in a piece written by ESPN's Jackie McMullen, uh, she re- recently released a series of articles highlighting mental health uh, throughout the NBA and the psychological and social shock of the players experience when they reach the dream job of millions of kids. And Charles Barkley said, and I quote: "Money ruins all your relationships. No matter what you do for your family, it's never enough. All your friends." think because you're rich, you should bail them out of every situation. The only time I had any peace and quiet was on the basketball court. Your thoughts when you hear that? 1,000%. I've had NBA, professional NBA players call me crying saying, I just got to finish this case so I can focus on my first love, which is basketball. I mean, I've had that happen. Uh, I, I think he's 100% right. I remember the, one of the first famous people I represented. I mean, he's a, you know, a star position on a star football team that had won the championship in their sport. And he was making the league minimum of a few hundred thousand dollars a year, not millions. But he was a you know NFL or NBA player, whatever it was. And I remember thinking, man, everyone in your family, your friends, they must think you're a multimillionaire. You're in the league. You're the star position at the star team that just won the the league championship. Everyone's coming out of the world. He said, absolutely. And the guy after taxes was making maybe two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, which isn't bad money. But it is not enough money to buy your brother, your sister, and your friends a house and a car. It's just uh, the image of being in the league is so much bigger. I mean, NBA guys are making some really, really good money today, but that's really we're, – we're at the pinnacle now. It hasn't been like that for a long time. You mentioned Charles Barkley. Look how famous he is. And, you know, at the height of his career, people probably think, oh, he made $50 million. No way, right? A million dollars a year, maybe two or three at the height of his career back then. He's just not – you know, it's, he, he's right. The demands are more than the uh, supply. I guess my follow-up to that question is, do you think it's as much cultural as it is status-wise? I think it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the right term, I think cultural is on the right track, but I, I don't want to sound pejorative or racial. I don't think it's cultural. I think it's, you know, when you grow up as an athlete and your icons and your role models and your the people you want to be like are the superstars in the league, you, you start thinking, man, if I got to be there what would I be like? And you start thinking, there's a lot expected of me. I'm going to have to buy my mom a house. I'm going to have a lot of girlfriends. I'm going to buy fancy cars. And when you get to that position, you know, there's no school to train you how to be a professional athlete when you're in high school. There's no, you know, you don't get to take a course in, in junior high and high school on what it's like when you make it because so few people make it, they don't teach a class in that because it's only one or two from each city, much less each high school. So when you get there, you do what you what you think is the right thing. You think you're supposed to buy nice cars and buy houses. It takes a lot of discipline to not do that kind of stuff. And um, there are some good role models out there now, right? There's the Marshawn Lynch. You know, I'm only gonna I'm only gonna spend the interest. I'm only gonna spend my endorsements, and I'll save the rest. 
Um, and the hard thing that I see, and I'm always impressed when I call my kid, if someone who's 21 years old has made a few million dollars, says, you know what, I don't want to spend money. I, I don't want to waste a lot of money. Because they know they'll make $15 million in three years, and they may not make another $15 million in the next 70 years. So that $15 million has to last them, and it doesn't last if you spend it. Um, I mean, you gave me twenty. You gave me ten million dollars when I was eighteen years old. It would be gone. <laughs> it would be gone. I didn't know about disability insurance and retirement and four hundred one ks and five twenty nine tax plans. You know, it's, it's hard to learn all that stuff when you're twenty years old and, and to think you're not really immortal. You're not going to make it forever. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mention that because I remember hearing this story of a uh, retired uh, major league baseball player, Ricky Henderson. You know, when you, when you when you travel specifically with baseball, you know, you could do a week homestand in one city. Yes. And they would give the players meal money. And supposedly he saved that meal money um, and paid over the years. He played like 20 plus years in, the, in baseball. He saved all that money and put it and paid for his kids to go to college in cash. Yeah, you know. That that's an amazing story, and it's amazing because it's the exception. You know, I mean, it's it's almost I hate to say it, it's like monopoly money. You're you're playing a game, and all you you know, look the guys that make it. I'll never forget like some of the folks I've represented. I remember one in particular who had a contract as big as LeBron's. Once uh, when he, that person joined a local team, the GM of the team said, "This guy plays basketball, practices basketball, and plays Nintendo basketball. That's all he does." <laughs> how do you learn how to manage money? How do you learn? About life when, you know, but, but if you want to be the best basketball or football player of all time, they, those guys are focused. I mean, they, they don't, you know, no one gets to be the league MVP by just being athletic or just being coordinated. It's Michael Jordan, to his credit, great athlete. There might have been people that are more athletic than him, more coordinated, taller. But did he have a drive or a work ethic, that, you know, that was unbelievable? Absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself with. That's a big thing. It is, and that goes not just for athletes. You know, they say put your kid in a good school and a good school district. No, nah, if your kid's in a great school district, but their best friend is a is a badass drug dealer, then your kid's in trouble. And if your kid goes to a school in a tough neighborhood, but their best friend is a good person and a decent, then they're going to come out better. It just you know, a lot of it's luck of the draw, luck of who you end up sitting next to or being next to in the locker room or or rooming with when you're on the road trips. A lot of it. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's who is surrounded, who you surround yourself with, or who you get surrounded with, even if it's not your own choice. Absolutely. Randy Kessler on the line with Scoopy Radio. Uh, you are a high-profile divorce lawyer in Atlanta for about 30 years. Uh, you're the founding partner of KS Family Law, a 30-person family law firm in Atlanta. Uh, and you're also the former chair of the family law section of the American Bar Association. And with that being said, as mentioned before, you've handled cases involving Michael Jordan. If I'm not mistaken, that was a paternity case, correct? Yeah, I mean, it was, I was in it for a minute. She, you know, we all remember, I guess, the, the, the 16-year-old who came out and said he knew Michael was his dad, and then his mom supported him by filing a lawsuit to, to declare Michael the dad. And unfortunately for her, she had been married in the interim, and when she got divorced, that guy was declared the father, and she didn't go back to court to get him off the hook. That, that that guy had never had a relationship with the child and didn't pay support, but she had not done it the legally correct way. So I got in to sort of help massage that and manage it and bring that case to a conclusion. But I'll tell you, it's, um, you know, it was interesting as could be to just be involved in that and, and the, 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 the whispers and the media and the, it's just unbelievable. 
I, I couldn't imagine being him or being around him. He's got so many. What he's got no private life I, I, that I can imagine. Nothing he can do is private if he's anywhere that anybody in the world has ever seen a newspaper or TV. And I couldn't imagine doing that case now. I mean, he, he that happened before social media. Right, right. I mean, there were, and, and still then there were TVs and cameras, and you couldn't really avoid them. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It was, uh, it's a different world. But thank goodness it wasn't social media when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I might not have been a lawyer. Yeah, man. Yeah. Scoopy Radio talking to Randy Kessler. Now, when you look at just the situation and just in, in media these days, in entertainment, media, social media at large, and you have cases like the Kardashians or just the, the media enterprise that they've become, and then you see just everybody suing and, and, and wanting money. It's, I guess the question that I have in my mind is, is the, the climate any different now than it was when you started with high-profile cases 30 years ago, or, or people just paying more attention to it because of social media and 24-hour news coverage? No, it's different. And, you know, you mentioned some cases I've been involved with, but, you know, maybe 5 to 10% of the cases that I've been involved with get out because the disappointed side leaks something or says something to the press to try to get back at somebody. But most of the cases that I've been involved with, the people that, that a lot of people know, have never been made public, and nobody knows I've met with them. Um, and the reason that that makes it different now than it was years ago is sometimes the the price of, of silence or the ability to keep it out of the news is 10 times more valuable than the extra dollars you might get by fighting. And, I, and a good example of that is sort of a friend of mine represented Katie Holmes in the Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes divorce, and they didn't tell me anything about the case. But I know that they settled that case. I'm sure they settled that case because the damage to the to the reputation of either or both of them by having a nasty public battle would have offset the extra million or a few million dollars that one or the other side would have gotten. I mean, kudos to them and Gwyneth Paltrow and, and the others that have been able to resolve their cases privately because the, the financial benefit, forget the emotional benefit, which is significant, the financial benefit of keeping it out of the press, especially when you have a public image to, to maintain, can sometimes be much more valuable than the the extra few hundred thousand dollars you might get by getting the marital home or the retirement account. So it's changed things a lot. People have a much greater incentive to solve things privately, which is probably good for America and good for families. That They didn't need any extra motivation to do it privately and solve it themselves. But there are people that are angry, and now I've got something I can use, which is you really don't want this to go public. Let's really try hard to settle it. It gives me an extra lever with my own clients and the other side to try to keep it from going uh, ugly and expensive and nasty. And then you look at a more public situation. I feel like it's actually the, the the balance of both public and private. You look at Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons in February. Uh, his it, it's just so much right there. But basically, he and his ex Brent Cameron uh, settled their custody battle. But there were also financials involved. Do you think that back in your day, um, this would be as big of a deal as it is now, or do you think it's because of the people involved and because? The process started on Valentine's Day of this year. Well, look, with those amounts, it would have been a big case no matter where. But the truth is, there's something else at play. There's no way that the case would have been that high priced because the NBA players weren't being paid that much. But it's it's still it's an incredible result. I'm, I'm, I'm not involved. I know some folks that are related to it, but I I think the combination of social media, the you know who who Blake is and the phenomenal superstar athlete that he is. And really the dollar amount. So that makes it interesting, not just to the public, but to the divorce lawyer community like us, because, you know, we've never seen a case with that much money awarded per month. That's very, very rare 
by agreement, yes. People will do lots of stuff by agreement. Voluntarily, they'll give a lot to be able just to get out of a bad situation. If I'm worth $100 million, it might be worth $50 million just to, to move on with my life. But to see a court order that much money, and we're talking just for those that don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars a month in support, um, it just seemed incredible. And uh, I, I don't I don't think it's going to last forever. He won't be playing basketball forever. And mm-hmm. if it if it takes until the end of his career before he goes back and gets a reduction, it, it's just a, an unbelievable amount. You know, the things that, that make you open your eyes and drop your jaw, those are always going to be talked about. I just think with social media, it gets talked about more. And because he's in the press and he's present and he can't hide from the public because he'll be on a basketball court, um, that it just is, is even more talked about and more newsworthy. For sure. And I, and I tell people uh, when we have similar conversations just about that, like with my friends and other colleagues, playing sports, you spend more time off the field or the court than you than offer than you do on it. And, you know, that money is like drug dealer money. It's fast money. So instead of buying sneakers and a fancy car, if, if that's what you're into, you should invest it so that you, you have other options in, in, in that situation. And I feel like with, with, with sports, it's a balance of who you hang around, um, how you invest your money, and even who you attach yourself to, because it becomes more of a headache as you get older and damaging of brands. Well, the, the last thing you said is exactly right. It's how, you know, who's your financial advisor? I mean, you need a doctor. Even if you're healthy, you need a doctor to go to for a checkup. And if you have money, you know, I don't know what that definition is. If you have $100,000, these guys have a few million dollars. You need somebody that understands money, that tells you how to handle it. And the hard part is trust. You know, if you grow up um, in one city where nobody's rich, nobody has money, or your neighborhood, nobody's rich, or your family, nobody's dealt with a lot of money, and you make a lot of money, then you've got to go trust somebody who's been around money and who knows how to handle money. And you've got to say to them, what do I do with my $5 million? That's, how are you going to trust somebody that you've just met that you know is going to make a fee, so they're, they're, they're motivated to make a fee? The hardest thing for an athlete to do, in my opinion, is to pick a good financial advisor that they trust. And it makes it even harder when they pick somebody who says, Thank you for hiring me. Now, let me tell you what. You are not going to spend more than $500,000 on a house. You are not going to give your mother $20,000 a month to buy whatever she wants. And that person says, you don't know me. You don't know what my mother did for me, what she gave up and what she sacrificed. And that advisor is saying, you hired me to help you make sure you have money when you're 50 and 60 and 70 years old. And I'm telling you what you have to do. You know, financial advisors, it's hard to say no. I mean, as a lawyer, it's hard to say no. As a financial advisor, it's hard to say no. The good ones say no. And sometimes the athletes say, well, I'm going to find somebody that will say yes. And that's the hard thing is to, to find somebody who's good. And the best thing they can do is ask their friends who, you know, been burned once or twice, you know, how'd you end up with the right person? And they, they give the stories. But that, that, I think, is a hard thing. Because when you say my financial advisor didn't give me good advice and that's why I'm out of money, the bottom line is you chose that financial advisor. And I know you were a young kid and you didn't know how to choose somebody. Make the right decision. Get advice. You know, kiss kiss a bunch of toads until you find the right prince. You know, find somebody that you that you sync with, that you feel like you can talk to, but that has good reputation, good feedback from others. That's that's the most crucial decision financially, I think, that a young athlete can can make. And God, it's uh, I, I would not want to be in their shoes. I mean, I really, as much as it'd be nice to be famous and and wealthy, young. Uh, you know, the the risk and the and then when you don't make it, how did you how did you blow ten million dollars? Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how could you go through $20 million? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that you had to save money for taxes. I didn't know that even though my house was paid for in cash, the government still wants $50,000 a year for taxes because my house is worth $5 million. You know, whatever, it, it's hard to know what money 
does or, or, or the consequences of money, like Charles Barkley said, until you've unfortunately been there and made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you, I remember the late uh, Nick Anthony Mason said to me, um, the first contract uh, is not for you. The first contract is to pay back the person who was the lookout for you when you were younger, the, the, the people who you owe a couple dollars to, uh, you know, just as a way to say thank you. He said, but that next contract, that's for you to, to be selfish and to think about the future. Yeah, and it's a question of, you know, look, I'm not a financial advisor, but it's a question of um, moderation. I, I work my butt off to become a basketball player, and I'm entitled. Now I am entitled, but does that mean I should have three Maybachs? You know, no. Will Smith Will Smith once said, I only got one butt, right? I can only drive one car at a time. <laughs> so why why you need to drive a nice car? You know, I had a client, an NFL player, and I remember I drove in a nice car and met him at court, and he had a older car and he goes he looked at my car and he said I got a, I got a second car and I was terrified he was going to say he had a two or three hundred thousand dollar car and he said you know my other car is I said what he said a Dodge Charger and I was so happy he didn't have to have two cars but he didn't spend a few hundred thousand dollars on his second car it was a sporty cool car that he loved that he could afford you know it was and and that I admire the guys that you know they spend on themselves but in moderation and uh you know uh, but life is short. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you spend it because you won't be here tomorrow. And, and you know, but, but uh, if you're going to live a long time and you're lucky enough to, to live a long time, what 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 worse thing could there be than to be on the top of the hill, the king of the mountain, when you're 18, and then to be nothing for the you know or, or less than that for the rest of your life? And you know that's a struggle that I wouldn't wish on anybody. You know, it's uh, it's a, an experience to be in it. But you know, at least with social media and with video. You can look back and still remember the good old days, and people still remember you. Instead of you know, look, even Dr. J, there was video back then. But I mean, if he was playing today, you'd you'd have video of him locked in forever. Now to find video, Pete Maravich. I mean, it's hard to find. I went to the game where he scored 68 points. I was in New Orleans growing up. It took years before someone found the lost video of that. A guy scored 68 points in a game, and it's not somewhere in ESPN's archives. You know, nowadays, if you're famous, at least you got that to look back on, and you know, but. Um, being being a has been or a former star is hard, and you know these guys all have to have post career jobs, and that's what uh you know I work with a lot of them on that, and that's um you know what are you gonna do when you used to be famous for playing basketball? What can you do with that fame? What can you turn around and make that into so that you can still feed your family, support your family, and not just exhaust whatever you've been able to save, which will eventually run out. Money doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. And you talked a little bit of, I guess the word of the day would be longevity um, and just pre- and, and also self-preservation. Uh, I, I want to shift a little bit because um, you said something uh, that, that, that's that been a key. Um, you talked about social media and you talked about, um, you know, your childhood. And, and one thing that ties in those two statements is um, video and shout outs and, and more. And uh, I'd be remiss if I did not shout you out. Uh, for your app uh, that you run called Starsona. Well, thank you. It was actually my idea, and I found it, and I got, and it's, um, so it's Starsona, like Persona, Star, S-O-N-A. And I've got a, some family that, that are in Silicon Valley that I was helping with the divorce app, and I had this idea in the back of my mind. I'm glad you asked me. And so people ask me, I'm sure they ask you, can you get one of your high-profile friends to say happy birthday to my kid. You know, Randy, you represented so-and-so. Would you get him to do a video or a selfie for my nephew, who's a big basketball fan? And and they always do it, but it's, you know, inconvenient, and it's you got to ask them. And 
But I still walk around with these guys on the way to court, and people stop them, and they're always gracious. You know, they always stop and, and say hi to their fans. And I thought, there should be an app for that, right? I mean, there just should be an app where you can go online and find your favorite athlete or hip-hop or musician or TV star or author and see what are they charging just to do a shout-out. You know, I want to make my little girl happy and send her a, a, a video from from uh, Debrat or from, you know, T-Boz from TLC. And, uh, and, and there is. And it's called Starsona. And, um, you know, you go online, you see how much the athletes are charging. Now, some of them that are really busy and don't have a lot of time are charging a lot. You know, Kyle Lowry and Paul George are charging a heck of a lot to do it, a few thousand dollars. But, you know, they're contributing the money to their foundation or doing whatever they want with it. But, um, you know, they're also, they're also people, if you want Kobe Bryant, he's not on there yet. But Josh Powell, who played with Kobe Bryant, is, and Josh Powell will charge you 20 bucks to tell you what it was like to play basketball with Josh, with uh, Kobe Bryant. And, uh, and, and, you know, there are people that are Lakers fans that to have an NBA player that won two championships do a shout-out to them or their friend, it makes their day. I mean, isn't that better than going to a store and buying a basketball that you think was signed by the person, but you're never 100% sure? I'd rather have the star say my name and keep that. I think that's the autograph of the future or the signed football of the future. And, um, and we have not really done any PR on it at all. We've been waiting, and you're the really first person I've talked to about it publicly because – the web version, where you can order it on the web, will be launching uh, any day now. Um, but right now, it's it's an app. It's available in North America uh, to request. We've got about 200 folks on it. And if anyone has a question, a suggestion, a hint, a, a problem, a concern, let me know. Because I, you know, it's Randy at Starsona.com. Or um, we're very happy to make changes. But I think it's got some good attributes. You can go on and ask them to do a shout out. You can ask them to do an announcement like, hey, it's uh, Scoop B's birthday tomorrow and he's having a party downtown at 1545 4th Street, you're invited. And then you can send it on your social media to who you want. Or you can do a question and answer. Hey, Josh Powell, what's it like to play ball with Kobe Bryant? And then they show you in the corner asking the question and him answering it. So uh, I think it's cool as can be. I'm just pleased that I've been able to do something that's making people happy, fans happy, keep some stars relevant. And uh, it's you know, the new social media lets you interact and, and actually touch, you know, the people that, that you admire and let them reach back and, and, and have a, a social touch to you. And uh, I just, you know, I'm so pleased that it's out there and I hope everyone likes it and I hope it uh, takes off and, and is gigantic. But even if it's not, it's um, it's already making people happy. So thank you for asking me about it and let me talk a little bit about it. And uh, I, I think it's, it's the next big thing. It's, you know, Russ, uh, Rich Paul. LeBron's agent once was quoted by saying, you know, you can't eat likes. You know, you can't really eat. It's great to have a lot of followers, but if you're a star, you know, this is something where people are actually paying you to, to wish their kid good luck in the football game, and they actually pay you 20 bucks to do it. You know, and if you don't want to keep the 20 bucks, you can give it to your favorite charity, so you've helped your charity, and you made a kid happy, and, and their parents happy. So I just think it's a really cool thing, and I can't wait till we start um, doing some marketing and PR about it, because it's it's an easy thing to talk about because there's no downside. There's no negative to anything except that, you know, if you can't afford the big shot, then you get the lesser shot. Or the person that, that you know, you can't afford the, the Pro Bowl running back, you get the Pro Bowl fullback mm-hmm. who blocks for the Pro Bowl running back, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And the quote former U.S. President Joe Biden, this is a big freaking deal. It is. It is. <laughs> Look, hey, you know, Dominic Wilkins is charging 500 bucks, but for $500 you can have the human highlight film tell your kid that, they could be the next slam dunk champion. All they got to do is practice like he did. Or you can have, 
you know, Deshaun, uh, I'm sorry, Dawn Robinson from In Vogue singing Don't Let Go, you know, or whatever it is that, that floats your boat. You can, um, there's some great folks out there. You got a guy that ran the hurdles in under 47 seconds, still holds the, the world record that's uh, out there to motivate your kid if he's a, he or she is a track star. And, right. And if you're living in Boise, Iowa, and the guy lives in Kennesaw, Georgia, or wherever he is, how would you ever meet him? But now you can actually ask him, what did it feel like when you broke that 40-second, uh, 47-second barrier? And he'll answer you and tell you with a smile, you know. And so, uh, it's you know, you're you're doing the same thing, Scooby. You're doing it, you know, this way. You're letting people get an insight into what it's like to be an athlete or to, to know athletes or to see what their lives are like. And you're, you're and they're getting to do it through you, and you're providing a great service. It's just another extension, another way to to let people that, that want to be or want to know what it's like to be a star ask the questions that they wish they could ask. And now, you know, we're trying to provide a platform for them to do it. For sure. Scoopy Radio, chatting with my main man, Randy Kessler, talking all things law, divorce. Well, I guess divorce is law, but law, uh, his new app, and more. And I'm curious. I, I had... Um, hey, I, Scoopy, you're going you're gonna to sign up. You're going to be our next star on Star Sooner, right? Oh, of course. I'd love to have right. I'd love to be on it. We're going to get you on. Hey, hey, you guys out there that are listening, you can just, in a couple of days, you'll probably be able to go on to Star Soda, find Scoopy, and, and send him a small little bit, and he'll do a shout-out for you or your loved ones. That's, that's I'm with it. We go. I'm with it. I'm All with right. It. I'm with All it. Right. Question. Um, I had uh, Dr. Catrice Austin, uh, celebrity dentist. Uh, she actually fixed Cardi B's teeth. And uh, she told me that Isaac Hayes uh, was the person who – uh, basically took her around everywhere, fresh out of dental school, and you know made that helped her meet the stars. And you know she ended up, you know, working on his teeth, working on Cardi B's teeth, and you know Cardi had the the, the lyric in her song, "Got it back and fix my teeth." And then everybody started going to Dr. Catrice Austin and she made TMZ and more. Do you remember a pivotal moment in your life, a similar situation, a similar moment where you met someone or your first client that that, that brought you to the next level? Um, as far as, you know, where you are now, is there a moment that stuck out? You know, it's interesting. There's a, I get asked that a lot. And I think originally, you know, I used to, I had a couple, couple cases that were out that we had a long time ago. Um, and I don't want to name names, but I mean, there were some, some big hip hop folks and big NFL folks. And, and then I remember, I guess when it happened, it was a big hip hop guy came into my office and met with me and I said, all right, so you got a child and we're going to probably try to arrange child support and parenting time. He goes, no, 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 no. Me and her, we're good. We don't need anything. I said, so what are you doing in here paying me $500 for a consultation? He said, well, I heard Mr. Kessler that if I meet with you and talk to you about my situation and we have an attorney client relationship that she can never hire you. if She ever wants to sue me. <laughs> and I, said, I said, you know what? I said, I, I guess that's it. You know, that's, so I was, you know, apparently my name was out there enough that people wanted to make sure I would be on their side if they ever had a problem. That, that was a, sort of a pivotal moment. That's happened actually quite a bit nowadays. So um, that was it. And then, uh, you know, now it's fortunately or unfortunately, we've got so many folks that are, that are well-known that I get, you know, I don't think about it when I get a phone call. I still, I try to put in the, the ringtone when it's an NBA player. I try to put in the NBA on TNT ringtone or whatever it is so that <laughs> when the phone rings, I get that little jolt of excitement, but I forget to do it a lot. And um, But, you know, you never know when you get a call from somebody that still plays basketball. And I had a, or a guy that played in the league for 20 years in the NBA called me once. I said, you got more trial problems, something I can help you with? He goes, no, nah, I was just watching you doing an interview on ESPN. I figured I'd call my lawyer. I'm like, you're calling me because you saw me on TV. That's backwards, you know, and it was, but uh, so, 
you remember those moments when you're a nobody like me and you're not, you know, a famous ball player and, you know, people that are famous that the whole world knows who they are actually know who I am. You know, I go to the big three game and I see, you know, all the people that I know and, you know, the leading scorer in the league comes up and gives me a big bear hug. And I'm sure everyone else is like, who's that short white guy that everybody knows? You know, and I'm feeling this is pretty cool because I, I know these people on a real level. I know what, you know, they've really gone through. And um, it's a, just a temporary moment. But, uh, you know, I'm sharing not the court with them, but, I'm, you know, it's it's nice to have been involved with them in a hard time in their life and see them back out there doing good and putting their family while she's behind them. So I've been uh, very, very lucky. And that's why we started with me saying I'm blessed. And I really, really, really feel like I've been, you know, the luckiest guy in the world. So. Is it? I guess this is a question I've always had. As a kid, I grew up reading Ebony and Essence magazines. You know, while I would be in the bathroom as a kid, you know, and one of the things I would often read is, you know, Mike Tyson, uh, Evander Holyfield, and Evander Holyfield happens to be one of your most high-profile clients. Um, and you know, just doing my research for this interview, Holyfield uh, at one point had to pay up to forty-five hundred dollars in legal food, in legal fees, and then, from what I understand. Child support uh, was thirty six thousand dollars a year. When when your clients are going to court with uh, their significant others, do you find that the, the money that their significant others are asking for is out of spite, or is really what they need in order to live? That's a tough one. First of all, I want to give a shout out. I mean, Evander Holyfield has he is I've, I've grown to, to to admire him. You know, I start off on the other side of him. His his lawyer from a long time ago was a friend of mine, the one he had, and um, and we bonded when in the middle of the jury trial against him, he and my partner, he's showing my partner how he fought Lennox Lewis, and he's swinging at him and just missing him on purpose. He knows he, he's not going to hit him. And I was worried. I said, you're going to hit my partner? And he said, Mr. Kessler, I don't hit, I don't hit anybody for free. So, I, yeah. And so I, I've grown to like him, and I've run into him a lot. We've, um, you know, gone to sporting events together. I just like him. I think... But to answer your question, I don't know that it's spite. I mean, I think, you know, if, if a woman has a child with somebody who's wealthy and has a lot of money and they're being taken care of, and then that person stops taking care of them, yeah, they're angry. But in family law, you can't separate, is it a financial thing from, oh, he's not going to marry me, he's going to marry her? Well, now I'm going to sue him. I don't, I don't know. It's sometimes, you know, and people say that, that women get rich off of child support. You know, there's some extreme cases where there's a lot of money and then, and then they make some money. But 99 or 95% of the time, even if they get two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a month in child support, that takes care of a kid. They're not going to get rich on that. There are some extreme cases, and we've been involved in them, where there's ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month in support, where you can raise a kid on three or 4000 and save the rest. But unfortunately, a lot of times I've been in those, the people don't save it anyway. They, they want to live the same lifestyle as the, the star, and they run out of money as well. So, yeah, that, that's what makes family law so unique. It's a combination of business money, and emotion. You know, I'm mad. I don't care if I get no money, but I'm going to court so that I can point my finger at him and say that he cheated on me or she did this. And, you know, it's funny how many times I'll tell somebody that doesn't help. It's not good for you. And they say, well, Mr. Kessler, I'll pay you to go to court to do it. I say, I know. I make less money if you settle the case, but I'll sleep better at night. And I promise you, I'll be fine because somebody else will hire me because I've done the right thing in this case. And, you know, there are people that are just angry and that fight and litigate out of anger um, and then when they finally understand that it wasn't worth it, it's usually well after the fact. And I, uh, you know, I wish everybody could figure out it's just a matter of saving money for the family and not giving it to lawyers. But, you know, there are always going to be people who would rather pay a lawyer than pay their other side. And, sure. Uh, you know, 
it's, uh, if I if I was struggling for business, I'd say good fight, you know. But I, even then, I would even then I wouldn't do it. But um, maybe I'm just lucky enough to be in a position where even if all my cases settle, I'll probably have business tomorrow. So I really don't have to push anybody to fight. I, I can do the opposite, do the right thing, and they're still gonna be people that want to fight no matter what we tell them. Surely, and I guess my follow-up question is: I, Again, I remember reading about you being a Holyfield home. Number one, did you ever go inside of it? You know what's funny? I uh, I didn't. My, my law partner, we had to go. We had to go look at um, his documents, his financial documents that were housed in in his home, right? His twenty million dollar home, two hundred fifty. What is it? Yeah, twenty million dollar home. And my partner was a big boxing fan, so he 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 was going to do it and meet with the accountants. And he got there. And they escorted him and said, yeah, the, the documents are over in this side office in a building that was not even connected to the home. So he did not go in there. But you know what's funny? My brother was a sportscaster and actually did go through the home and interviewed Vander and, um, and said it was, you know, told me great things about it. But it was, uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing. Trying a jury trial in Fayetteville, Georgia, against Evander Holyfield is never a good idea. We did that, and you know, you know the street that that house was on. It was called Evander Holyfield Highway. <laughs> you know, oh. he talked about home field advantage. He definitely had it. Yeah, he did. And and I guess I guess to to, to uh, follow up on the Evander Holyfield thing, you um, you look at the home, you look at the the thing that always drew me was the Red Lobster, the Red Lobster in your home. Like that's like cheddar biscuits all day. Um, and you look at 235 acres, when people talk about the fact that his house went into foreclosure, and then you look at, you know, people, I guess, at the dinner table discussing the difference between being celebrity broke and real broke. From your perspective, what is the difference? I think broke is broke. You know, I mean, you know, I think it hurts more when you're celebrity broke. I think it hurts a lot more when you've been on the top of the mountain, you know, and, and the people like Amanda Holyfield that have come back, Amazing, right? To have gone from the bottom to the top to the bottom and back in the game. Unbelievable. I mean, there are people that, that, that never want to be seen again. They won't show their face. He, he's, you know, he's had his struggles. And um, he's found a lot of uh, relief in his faith and in his religion. And, and he's been comforted by that. And that's made him strong. And he's, you know, but I, there, I think broke is broke. If, you know, I just think, you know, better to have loved and lost than never have loved. I don't know. But, um you know, the question, I guess, it's a philosophical question. I don't know how you would answer, and I don't know how I would answer but would you rather be moderately successful and make some money your whole life, or would you rather hit the, the peak and see what it's like on the top of the mountain and be the richest guy or person in the world and then go to be the brokest? You know, would you really have wanted to see what it's like if the aftermath was that you're not there? And, and I, I think I'd rather have the former, you know, seeing what I've seen and seeing, seeing what it's like after the fact. And, um, you know, I think most people would say, I'd like to see what it's like to win a Super Bowl championship. That's got to be the best feeling in the world. The, 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 the problem is most people think, but if it was me, I wouldn't blow through the money. And they're probably right, except for they're, they're thinking about it like that when they're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. You know, ask yourself, if you're 19 years old and you win the Super Bowl and you're giving a million dollars, are you going to put it away and, and not spend it or are you going to have a good time? And, you know, a lot of people... I'm probably going to spend it and, and end up where a lot of these guys end up. And But, again, these guys have discipline. Don't forget, they got where they are with discipline and hard work. So they can climb out of a hole. And they're, you see them all the time, the guys that have struggled, and now they're back, and now they're doing their game show hosts or they're writing books or they're speaking publicly or they're, you know, and you're interviewing them. And they're, uh, and they're out there. They're not shying away from a challenge, and they've conquered in one area. It's just uh, it's amazing to see the guys. Look at Michael Strahan. Right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. 
you know, did great, had a horrible divorce where he lost a lot of money, then he's back on top. I mean, unbelievable. But, uh, you know, being a football player doesn't make you a good actor. Being a, a bodybuilder like The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't make you a good actor. I mean, they, they, they use their skill set of learning and discipline to, to learn a new craft, and they're at the top. They're both at the top of their uh, game. And they also have one thing in common. You mentioned The Rock. You mentioned um, Michael Strahan, and I'd even add to that list uh, someone like Steve Harvey. They all have that it factor. Yep. Yep. And 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 the don't and the don't give up factor too. Because uh-huh. you think of, you know what else I think of a lot. You think of what? the people that are really the, the people that are really successful in their careers, and the people we see on TV are usually athletes and superstars. But you think about the people that were at the top of their game. You think about Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, you know Kobe Bryant. You think of those guys, and your mental image, I bet, right now, as I say those names, is a a, bit, a picture of them smiling. Right? Mm-hmm. They're happy because they're, they're they're doing what they love and they love what they do. And I think the people that that reach the top of their game are, are usually very they love what they do. And if you're lucky enough to find something you're good at and you love it, then what else could you want? For sure. For sure, Scoopy Randy on the line with Mr. Kessler, Randy Kessler that is, talking law, sports, everything in between. If you guys are keeping score at home, he's a LinkedIn influencer with over three hundred and eighty thousand followers. And he often appears as a contributor for national wide uh media networks such as Fox News, CNN, NBC, and more. You graduated Brandon Brandeis University and Emory University School of Law. I'm curious, what was the best piece of advice that you've ever received? About anything? Anything. Boy, I, don't know. I don't know. There's a bunch. I read a book by Hugh Prather that said, live as if everything you do will eventually be known. And I don't, you know, I don't know about uh, in, in law school, it was take every class that you think you'll hate and won't want to practice law in to make sure you don't like it, or, or maybe you'll get turned on to it. Um, my dad was, you know, honesty is the best policy, and, and you know, you can't go wrong with that. So uh, my grandfather, when I was three years old, said, you're going to be a lawyer, not a shyster, but a lawyer. And he drove a cab. <laughs> he drove an overnight cab from Miami Airport and struggled and, you know, was hoping his grandson would be a lawyer. I, I, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of good... Uh, Good people giving me mentorship and advice, but um, I don't think there's any substitute for hard work. I don't see how, you know, it, it's a different world. I, I and I'm I feel like that old guy now. I can't believe I'm that old guy saying when I was young, people wanted to be doctors, lawyers, accountants, professionals. That's how you made it in the world. Now, these young guys, you know, what they want to do they want to they want to be CEO. They want to be you know they want to have their own app. They make their own, they got their own podcast and they're making it. You know, and I'm like, damn, it's a different world. It's just a whole new world, and I. I, uh, you know, I just want to stay relevant and hopefully Starsonic helps keep me relevant and reading and listening to guys like you. But, um, I, I don't, I don't know what the best advice I could ever give about anything. Different topics I would know, but I think just, you know, there is no substitute for hard work, uh, and, uh, and planning for the future. It, it may be boring, but, uh, it was the, the tortoise and the, and the hare story that, you know, I'd rather be the hare. I'd rather be the, uh, I mean, I'd rather be the tortoise every, every day. What class gave you the hardest? What class was the hardest in law school? Was it torts or contracts? <laughs> oh man, the most exciting one was uh, was practicing a trial. Um, the most, the the hardest was probably uh, goodness. They they were all hard. I mean, tax was hard, um, bankruptcy was hard. The, the classes that were, you know, 
the ones that were not about litigation were hard for me. I liked solving things. I liked having a problem, arguing the, the, the case, and then getting a solution. Um, the ones that were, you know, contracts was hard. I'll never forget. I'm funny you asked this. I hadn't thought of this in 30 years since I went to law school in the 80s. And the teacher said, you know, so in contracts, we have what we call oh, the four corners document, the uh, doctrine. You have yeah. to be able to understand the contract based on the words that are written within the four corners of the document. So if it's not in the document, you're stuck. You've got you to gotta rely on what's written there. And then they have the blue pencil rule, which means if a court can't interpret it from the document, then the court will use a blue pencil and try to interpret what it meant um, if it's not specific in the document. And I thought, don't those things contradict? And they said, yes, but you argue whichever one helps you. You know, and I'm like, that, that's, I guess, why we need lawyers instead of having black and white rules. So that, that was frustrating to me. I like family law. I go to court and I say, judge, here's the problem and here's my solution. They got $2 million and they got to divide it between them. They only got two kids and they're only 24 hours in a day. My guy works on this schedule. She works on that schedule. I've come up with a solution that gives the kids the most exposure to both parents. Here's my proposal. I hope you like it, judge. And the judge looks to the other side and says, what's wrong with that? Sounds like Mr. Kessler's thought it through. And the other side says, but, 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 but his client did this. And the judge says, but he's got a solution. What's your solution? If they don't have a solution, I win. So uh, I, I like being able to solve problems and think about a solution. And I'll tell you, Scoop, nobody ever says to me, that was a great divorce. Let me have another one. But I see him five years later, and they say, "Man, I was down, and, and you were there with me, and I'm do, I'm back, and and thank you for being with me when I was at my low point." And that that that's what does it for me. I like it, sir. Logical, sound advice, entrepreneurship, and a uh, couple high-profile clients in the last thirty years. It seems like you're winning at life. Thank you, brother, so much for joining. Scoopy um, Radio. My pleasure. We'll see you soon on Star Sona, and uh, you know, do some shout-outs and. You're going to kill it on that. So uh, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you letting me talk about my my deepest favorite things. <laughs> my man. Thank you so much, brother. All right. Thanks again. Scoop B Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.